The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericahealth.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Born to be Breastfed with your host, Marie Biancuso. Our program aims to help you bust through the breastfeeding myths and ensure you and your baby enjoy the breastfeeding journey. Over the next hour, we'll help you figure out how to overcome the obstacles you might encounter and how to incorporate breastfeeding into your busy life. Now, here is your host, Marie Biancuso. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. I'm your host for Born to be Breastfed. Thank you for joining me. I'm very happy to be with you today to talk about setting goals for breastfeeding success. It's been almost two weeks since we turned the pages of our calendar to the new year. And some of us have already abandoned our newly made resolutions, and others of us are starting to question whether or not we might have bit off more than we could chew, which, by the way, that is a real problem. Biting off more than you can chew always feels kind of spooky. So one goal that we hope you haven't given up is nursing your baby. Today, we'll talk about strategies to establish breastfeeding goals that support your health and your baby. What factors should you consider when setting your goals? What challenges might you face? What steps can you take to help you achieve your own goals? Listen while I try to break that down for you and really kind of think about how you're going to go about what I guess I would call making your own reality. Okay, let's start with the how long will you breastfeed? Now, if you're pregnant and you're listening to me, you might be jumping right up saying, oh, I'm going to breastfeed at least six months. That's what the American Academy of Pediatrics says, so that's what I'm going to do. And if you're saying that, good for you. Applause. I'm with you all the way. Good for you. But maybe you're not pregnant. Maybe you just delivered your baby last night, and you're saying, Whoa, I was going to breastfeed for six weeks, or excuse me, six months exclusively, but now I'm having trouble with the exclusively part, and oh, I'm kind of having trouble with the breastfeeding and the latching on part, and I don't know, I'm not going to go through six months of this. So to that, I would say, remember, whether it's your first day, your first month, your first whatever, there are always times when you have a better day with a project, and likewise, the baby has a better day or a not-so-good day with what is basically his job. I'm always famous at saying that feeding for a baby is his job. 
It's just like being a nurse or an engineer or accountant or a uh, whatever, massage therapist, whatever you are, okay? That is his job. And he has days when he does his job better and days when he doesn't do his job so well. And i got to tell you, I've been a nurse for more than 30 years, and there's day, there are days when I don't do my job as well as other days. So I think you should just try to remember that that does happen. I'm aware that some of my listeners will not be pregnant, and they will not be newly delivered. They may have, in fact, already gotten past that three months or four months or six months mark. And maybe uh, I especially would like to address those people who have said, oh, I was going to exclusively breastfed for six months, and I did it, and it's more than six months. And man, this is so wonderful, I don't want to give it up. Then you know what I'm going to say for you. I'm going to say, go to it, girl. Just go to it. There is nothing wrong with continuing to breastfeed past your goal. Certainly, when we see somebody like, oh, I'm sorry, I'm not very good at sports, but I'm thinking of somebody like Tiger Woods, okay? He wins a tournament, and bam, he wins another one, and bam, he wins another one. I don't think that he started out saying he was going to win every tournament. He probably just started out saying he was going to do one. But look at where he's got, and that's where you can get also. So... If you have already exceeded your goal, well, now you might be wondering if you need a different goal. And that's okay. You know, here's the thing. As a nurse, I am always reluctant to ask people what their goal is. And why so? Because I know that what's going to come out of that mother's mouth is something actually less than she expects herself to do. Because if she tells me the six months, see, then she's kind of said it out loud and it makes it very real and she's fearful that maybe I won't think as much of her if she really doesn't get to the six months. You see where I'm going with this. So I would just encourage you, try to make your own goal. I do think it's important to publicize that goal to someone. Maybe it's your partner, your significant other, your spouse, your mother, your best friend, your whatever. But I think it's important that somebody knows what you're trying to achieve and that you get clarity about achieving it yourself. Goals are things that we set for ourselves. When you set your goal, you are more likely to achieve it. When you actually write down your goal, you are, I got this from Brian Tracy's uh, YouTube, you are 10 times more likely to achieve your goal if you write it down. You've heard about those people who have a bucket list, everything they want to do before they kick the bucket. Well, they are more likely to actually accomplish those things if they're on some sort of, you know, written plan, if you will. I remember that when I was young, I said that before I was 35, I wanted to uh, 
I don't know, get a graduate degree and publish an article and um, work at a major medical center. And I, I teach on faculty. Yeah, I want to do that. And you know what? I accomplished all of those things by the time that I was maybe like 32 or so. So it can be done. It can be done. And you can even get ahead. But you've got to be in the right headset. I'm always intrigued by how Randall Libero, who is an executive producer and also a show host here at Voice America Network, says, I'm going to give you Randall's direct quote. Randall Libero says, you are the writer, producer, director, and star of your own movie that is called your life. I found that such a powerful phrase. And by the way, I had the good fortune to actually meet Randall when I was at the studio earlier this summer. I'll repeat that. Randall Libero says, you are the writer, producer, director, and star of your own movie that's called Your Life. So you see, if you want to star in that movie, you've got to figure out how you're going to do those goals. I would start by looking at a mix of idealism and realism. Example, I would love to say that I was going to lose two pounds a week. But I know that when I'm on the road, I can't do that. I might be able to do that if I was at home or at the office every day, every week. But I'm not. I'm on the road. They put butter and all sorts of stuff on my food that I wouldn't necessarily do. So I get those extra calories. So I know that that's not realistic for me to drop two pounds a week when I'm on the road. But I also go for the realism, or excuse me, the idealism. I want to be able to exercise three times a week. And whether I'm on the road or whether I'm at home or at the office, that pretty much I can do. That's, that's okay. It is ideal, but it is also realism. Deal with the, the business of changing what you can and accepting what you cannot change. I believe that that's the old saying of, um, I believe it's a Native American saying, help me to uh, change the things that I can, accept the things I cannot change, and the wisdom to know the difference. Okay? I know that the likelihood of my not being on the road this year is not, uh, that's not going to happen unless I do something really drastic, which is not a good idea. So try to think about those things. Think about whether or not you're going to return to paid employment. You certainly can continue breastfeeding if you are returning to paid employment, but you've got to get a bunch of stuff together before you can realize how you're going to do that. You need to educate yourself about all of the things that you need to have in place to make it happen. You need a written plan for how you're going to have your hospital experience go because it's going to impact your later goal. I would suggest that you have a plan, not necessarily written, but some sort of a plan for are you trying to go 
like back to work full-time or back to work part-time? Do you have flex time? What can you work out with your boss? Blah, 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 blah. Look at all of that. And then also look at what resources do you have to help you along the way. All of those things are going to be important. And then a little later in the show, we're going to talk about the various milestones that people sometimes tie. I'm going to breastfeed until my baby has teeth. I'm going to breastfeed until my baby starts solids. I'm going to breastfeed until my baby can talk. I'm going to uh, whatever, whatever it is. I'll help you to unpack each one of those and break them down into bite-sized pieces, which is a whole lot better. So basically what I've tried to help you to do in this segment is to get your arms around the fact that you've got to believe you can do it, you've got to set yourself up to do it, and then you've got to have a clear plan in place, okay, because wishing is not a strategy or a tactic. And then I just need to tell you that I am so much looking forward to seeing any of you professionals while I'm in San Diego. I'm looking forward to the balmy weather. I've just been at my mother's house the last couple of weeks where it's been really snowy cold and I am looking to going to sunny Orlando, Florida at the end of January and to balmy San Diego in February. I hope that you will join me. That's all I have for this segment. I'm Marie Biancuzzo. Stay tuned. We're going to talk about uh, the idea of continuation right after this break. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Nine different energy systems make up the energy body. Energy is all around us and connects us. Energy exerts a major control over our biology and is a big reason why you should be tuning in to energy medicine and optimal health with your host, Dr. Ann Deatley. We'll explore energy balance techniques, tips, and patterns to keep your flow of energy optimal to maintain maximal health. By adopting these techniques, you will keep your energy body and physical body in harmony. 
Listen for Energy Medicine and Optimal Health, Mondays at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Health & Wellness. Your life, your health, your network. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. I'm Marie Biancuso. Thank you so much for joining me. I'm talking with you today about New Year's resolutions and about meeting goals because those things are sort of connected. And before we go on, I'd just like to remind you that if you are a healthcare professional, I will be running a free, read F-R-E-E, free webinar about becoming a lactation consultant. If you are interested in joining me on my webinar, please call my office at 703-787-9894. Oh, by the way, please don't call right this second because I forgot to turn the ringer off while I'm doing the show. And I'm here by myself tonight. Uh, We would love to have you aboard. I'll give you that phone number again. It's 703-787-9894. 9894. And for those of you who are not professionals and your moms and you're out there trying to hopefully work with the professionals, but maybe sometimes you have some questions that the professionals either haven't answered or haven't answered to your satisfaction, please feel free to email me. And here's the email address where you can reach me for the radio show. Got your pencil and paper? Okay, here it is. It's radio at born to be breastfed. Dot com, And I will repeat that. Send your email questions to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Okay, then. I want to move into the second phase where I want to talk to you about your goals as they relate to what the professional standards or professional authorities have said. Now, If you've lived any more than a couple of weeks on this planet, you know that there is an authority for seemingly everything, and there is a statement on seemingly everything, and there is a professional statement on seemingly everything by everybody and their brother. But I'm going to confine my comments to three that I think are particularly well talked about and uh, need to be better understood. First of all, let me start with the World Health Organization and UNICEF statement. The World Health Organization and UNICEF recommend early initiation of breastfeeding within one hour of birth. And you know if you've heard my previous shows and probably my future shows, you know I'm going to tell you that that first hour absolutely relates to a longer duration of breastfeeding. So it's not just about that hour. It's about something bigger than that hour. So they recommend exclusive initiation of breastfeeding within one hour of birth, exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months of life, 
and the introduction of nutritionally adequate and safe complementary parentheses solid foods at six months together with continued breastfeeding up to two years of age and beyond. So understand here that WHO and UNICEF are not just saying, do it for six months and then that's enough. They're saying, do breastfeeding exclusively. No other foods to your baby. No other water, no other formula, no other uh, herbal teas or anything else. Uh, nothing else, just exclusive breastfeeding for the first six months. And then they go on to say, that solids that are nutritionally adequate should be added at six months. Okay, added at six months. And then there should be continued breastfeeding up to two years and beyond. Now, somebody's out there saying, holy mackerel, Marie, do you realize what you just said? You just said two years and I was still freaking out about the six months part. Well, understand that there is no biological need to wean the baby sooner than that. As a matter of fact, the biological need is for the baby to be breastfed for two years or thereabouts. It's the social piece that we have here in the United States. It's the social piece that dictates that we wean the baby. Now, and, and, and by the way, that one that I just read you, as well as the one I'm about to read you in a minute, are both verbatim quotes. Here's the verbatim quote from the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine. And they say, breastfeeding is and should be considered normative infant and young child feeding. Healthcare professionals widely acknowledge that breastfeeding is biologically unique, uniquely appropriate for the mother and infant. As the norm, breastfeeding is the standard against which all other forms of infant feeding are compared in research and in clinical support. Now watch this next one. Feeding other than direct breastfeeding should be supported only for valid medical reasons or absence of the mother. Breastfeeding should be continued for up to two years and beyond for as long as the mother and the child desire. All right, now let me back up on this a little bit because I want you to understand the Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine's sentence there. I'll read it to you again. Feeding other than direct breastfeeding should be supported only for medical reasons and or absence of the mother. Feeding other than direct breastfeeding means indirect breastfeeding. Indirect breastfeeding is when you are giving the baby milk via the bottle, via the spoon, via the um, uh, syringe, via the cup, whatever. You name it. If there is an alternative feeding method out there, I've used it. And I'm not saying those things are bad. I'm saying what the, the uh, Academy of Breastfeeding Medicine says, that those things should be done for valid medical reasons 
or because of the absence of the mother, okay? Sometimes I've seen kids in a major medical center, and the mother is, uh, you know, 100 miles away. Well, it's not very likely that that baby's going to be able to do direct breastfeeding. I think in this country we have done a brilliant job of talking about the goodness of human milk. I'm not sure we've done as brilliant of a job talking about how there is nothing that replaces direct breastfeeding, that is, the baby suckling at the mother's breast. Do not misunderstand. It's certainly a good second best, but it is second best. Okay, let me move then to the American Academy of Pediatrics. This is the one that you all have heard about. Probably very few of you have actually read. So I'm going to give you a little verbatim snippet from the American Academy of Pediatrics. Here's what it says. And this is based on their 2012 statement. The American Academy of Pediatrics reaffirms its recommendation of exclusive breastfeeding for about six months followed by continued breastfeeding as complementary foods are introduced with continuation of breastfeeding for one year or longer as mutually desired by the mother and infant. Medical contraindications to breastfeeding are rare. Infant growth should be monitored with the World Health Organization growth curve standards to avoid mislabeling infants as underweight or failing to thrive. Hospital routines to encourage and support the initiation and sustaining of exclusive breastfeeding should be based on the American Academy of Pediatrics endorsed WHO UNICEF 10 Steps to Successful Breastfeeding. National strategies supported by the Surgeon General's call to action, the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, and the Joint Commission are involved to facilitate breastfeeding practices in U.S. hospitals and communities. Pediatricians play a critical role in their practices and communities as advocates of breastfeeding and thus should be knowledgeable about the health risks of not breastfeeding, the economic benefits to society of breastfeeding, and the techniques for managing and supporting the breastfeeding diet. The business case for breastfeeding details how mothers can maintain lactation in the workplace and the benefits to employers who facilitate this practice. So then, I have given you just little tiny snippets, okay? Most of these statements are substantially longer, and I've given you just a paragraph or maybe two paragraphs, I'm not sure, uh, from each of those three major statements. And in my experience, people sign to sort of kind of more or less know that they're out there and sort of kind of more or less know what they say, but they haven't really read them. I would encourage you to read them with your own eyeballs. Do not take my word for it. But I would also say what I just gave to you when I said it was a verbatim quote, it is a verbatim quote from those documents. Now, notice that in all three of those very, very important documents, they talked about a minimum of six months exclusive breastfeeding. Okay? A minimum. 
I think it would be fair for me to tell you that uh, along with this, the one year is always mentioned and the two years is thought of as, uh, wow, this would be a really good thing to go towards. You should also know that there is no medical recommendation for the ideal time for weaning. I'm fairly sure that there is not any recommendation for when human babies should be weaned. On the other side of the break, I'm going to talk to you a little bit about the biological norms, not necessarily the social norms, and I'll get that squared away for you. I think you'll be interested to know. I'm Marie Biancuzzo with Born to be Breastfed. We'll be right back after this short break. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuzo, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you, too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that, too, through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Have you had a chance to check out Voice America's online magazine and blog, Press Pass? If you love our hosts and shows, check out articles that give an even deeper perspective. Plus, topics about health and fitness, movie reviews, philosophy, business tips and tactics, spirituality, positive thought, current events, and even more about your favorite host. It's just a click away at VAPressPass.com. That's VAPressPass.com. VA Press Pass by Voice America. All access, all the time. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuzo or her guest on today's program, please call 1 866 472 5792. That's 1 866 472 5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuto with Born to be Breastfed, and we're talking about the idea of trying to reach your goals with breastfeeding. So just on the uh, other side of the break, meaning the previous side of the break, I was talking about three major documents by three major organizations and some of their implications to, I hope, help you to understand that these 
people and these organizations are really behind you and really support you. And I would like to follow that up with biological norms. And what I'd like to talk to you about is the work of Catherine Detweiler. I'd be very, uh, I'd, I'd like to emphasize that this is not my work, not at all. I'm not an anthropologist. This woman is, and she is brilliant, and she has done brilliant work. I will be sure to put on my Facebook page the um, the website where you can find this. But what she looks at is she looks at when other large-bodied primates wean their offspring. And that would be us, right? We are large-bodied primates. We're not an ape. We're not a, 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 a gorilla or a kangaroo or whatever, but um, we are a large-bodied primate. If you look, you will see that other large-bodied primates wean their offspring when they quadruple their birth weight. Now, for humans, that's generally when the baby is about 27 to 30 months. Other large-bodied primates wean their infants when they attain about a third of their adult weight. Our kids attain about a third of their adult weight when they are how old? Between four and seven years old. Other large-bodied primates wean their offspring when they exceed six times the gestational period. Okay, well, for humans, we gestate, we are pregnant for nine months. So if you multiply the nine months by six, you will get to about four and a half years. I'm rounding off here for simplicity. Four and a half years. How many kids do you see who breastfeed at four and a half years old? And by the way, if they do, usually their mothers are very much ridiculed for doing it. And yet, their mothers are probably much more in line with the biological norm, although certainly not the social norm. Other large-bodied primates wean when the babies erupt their permanent molars. For humans, that would be about five and a half to six years old. Other large primates are in some ways a whole lot smarter than we are because they don't wean their babies until they reach full adult immune competence. And that's because the mother's milk has those immune properties that protect the baby. So for humans, that would be about six years old. I think you see where I'm going with this, or rather not where I'm going with it, but where Dr. Detweiler is going with it. Basically, what she shows here is that as a large-bodied primate, we're the ones that are out of line. Our furry friends have it right. We are the ones that are the oddballs. So then, how are you going to do all this? Well, put goals into practice. Take small steps. I know during the early phase, the newborn is breastfeeding some 8 to 12 times in a 24-hour period, and it's pretty daunting to think about breastfeeding until the baby's first birthday or second birthday, but, you know, here's the thing. Try not to be looking that far down the road. Babies' needs change over time. The number of feedings actually diminishes over time. The length of feedings diminish. And basically, as the baby gets older, he is more developed, he actually suckles more effectively, so he gets more milk out, kind of like more bang for the buck, you know? 
And so there's not as much of the, uh, the frequency is not as much. In older babies, for example, like maybe uh, seven months or so, they're going to be doing half of what they did as a newborn. Think in small steps. Maybe you might say to yourself, well, I'm only going to nurse for three weeks. And we'll see how it's going because at three to four weeks, I know that lactation is fully established. And by the way, for those of you who get to the three weeks, I think you may find that even though you had some difficulties maybe in the beginning, you'll find that when lactation is fully established, you may find that that baby is much more eager and much more cooperative. That has been my experience. Uh, How about this one? I'm going to nurse until the baby gets teeth. And then we'll see about it from there. Now, getting teeth is not an indicator that you must breastfeed. But maybe that gives you a little milestone, a little post that you can hitch to along the way. Maybe you can say, well, I'm just going to breastfeed until the baby gets solids. And we'll see how he does with those. But sometimes when babies take salads, they're a little funny and they're teething and they need a little bit familiar milk and they need a little comfort. If so, it's really great that you're able to nurse that baby at that point. Which, by the way, if you'd quit three months ago, you wouldn't be able to do that. Uh, How about this one? Maybe it is, well, I'm just going to nurse him through the winter okay i live just outside of washington dc i can tell you that this morning i woke up it was 32 degrees it's cold uh other people that i've been around have had colds uh i'm in my wool sweater by the way which i bought in rochester new york years ago and it's cold what do we know We know that you're around more people that do have the sniffles, so that baby needs those immunities that you can give him through your milk. Maybe you could just do that, just till the end of the winter. It might be that you want to go more the developmental route. For example, uh, maybe when baby starts solids, you might be thinking, well, when do I do that exactly, Marie? Well, I don't know. It kind of depends. Um, generally, when the babies lose that extrusion reflex, you know how the tongue comes out, then, excuse me, the baby develops the ability to eat non-liquid foods. Um, she may begin by um, opening her mouth, drooling, leaning forward. The other thing is, sometimes they get so when they see you, the adults eating, that's when they think that they want to be eating what you're eating. That's usually a sign that they're ready for some salads as well. It may be that they're able to handle objects with the palm of their hands. Now, again, you will very likely want to continue breastfeeding, but all of those are kind of signals that the baby is either ready or getting ready to handle soft or solid or semi-solid foods. Now, around six to eight months, you'll see that the baby begins to sit upright and doesn't need much support. And then by eight months, I would say he probably will be able, he should be able to do it pretty much without support, but you get where I'm going. If he's able to sit up, he's able to eat 
solids or semi-solid foods. And he generally by then will kind of feed himself some finger foods and he enjoys doing that. It gives him a little independence. So he develops that ability to pick up foods with a pincer grasp. And I'm thinking there are things like a Cheerio. Wouldn't have to be, but you get what I'm go- where I'm going with that. It might be other things. It might be that the baby at, say, 8 to 10 months can hold a bottle. You may or may not choose to give a bottle, but the baby does have that capability. They may very much reach and grab for food. Uh, if they've got, they've got a spoon in their hand, they may be going for it, but they may not have the spoon in their hand. They're still going for it. And certainly by that 8 to 10 months, then they are sitting uh, without support. Any of those kinds of things are kind of the way to go if you need to find a way to have little tiny milestones along the way. Not to say that you should do it before that or after that or anything. Just try to give you some hitching posts here so that you can sort of grab on to these things. One of the things that I do is I set up a little agreement with these women that kind of come to me and they're kind of sniffly about they just don't think they can do it. Uh, you know, however long. And I say, you know what? Just continue breastfeeding until the end of tomorrow. And I might give that recommendation for somebody that I think, oh, by tomorrow, this is going to turn itself around and then she's going to feel better. It might be that I see somebody that has a situation that's a little bigger than tomorrow. And I say just for three days or just until the end of the weekend or whatever. And sometimes they have a bigger goal. So I will encourage them toward the bigger goal, and I tell them, I will make you a deal. You will not stop breastfeeding unless you call me. And if you call me, I will do everything in my power to help you to reach your goal. But you have to promise me you'll call me if you think you're going to stop. Because I know that what you really want to do is is to continue. You know, here's the problem is that sometimes we really want to continue, but we get those obstacles. Some great man whose name I don't remember said something about if you can break things down into little tiny small things, you are more likely to achieve your goal. And that's why I'm suggesting maybe you can just set your goals on, I'm going to breastfeed until the end, end of the winter so the baby has the immunities. Maybe I'm going to do it just until he has uh, solid foods. Maybe I'm going to do it just until whatever. And that helps you, instead of thinking, oh, I'm going to do it for six months or I'm going to do it for a year, to be able to just get some small mileposts along the way. It's a little bit like losing weight. Right now, I want to lose 20 pounds from now until the end of July. Well, that just seems like an enormous task to me and an enormously long ways away. But if I break it down into little small bite-sized pieces, no pun intended, that is something that you can do and something that I can do. Set yourself some small goals. You should be much more able to reach those goals and be sure that all along, believe in yourself. You are the one who can write, produce, direct, and star in that movie called Your Own Life. I'm Marie Biancuzzo, and this is Born to be Breastfed. We'll be right back after this break. Your life, your health, 
your network. You're listening to Voice America Health and Wellness. Breastfeeding Outlook, owned and operated by Marie Biancuso, is America's premier provider of breastfeeding education. If you're a nurse, lactation consultant, dietitian, midwife, physician, doula, or other professional, Breastfeeding Outlook is your source for SERPs, nursing contact hours, and CEUs to meet your certification or licensure requirements in all 50 states. Join Marie at a seminar in one of many U.S. cities or learn online. Marie has helped thousands to pass the IBLCE exam on the first try, and she can help you too. Call to find out how to get an easy payment plan for Marie's IBLCE exam prep course. And if your hospital is seeking the baby-friendly hospital designation, we can help you with that too through expert training and value-based consultation. We have a variety of packages to meet your needs without breaking your budget. Sign up for a live or online course or inquire about training today. Please visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. Evidence for your practice starts here. Visit breastfeedingoutlook.com or call us at 703-787-9894. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network wherever you go. In addition to listening live, you can check out information about your favorite talk show hosts, discover new talk show personalities, add shows to your list of favorites, and listen to all our show archives on demand. All from your iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market, and get ready to tune in. The Voice America mobile app, powered by Aircast. Opinions, options, answers. You're listening to Voice America Health & Wellness. You're listening to Born to be Breastfed. To reach Marie Biancuso or her guest on today's program, please call 1-866-472-5792. That's 1-866-472-5792. You may also send an email to radio at borntobebreastfed.com. Now, back to the show. Hi, welcome back. I'm Marie Biancuto with Born to be Breastfed, and we've been talking about New Year's resolutions as well as meeting your goals for nursing your baby. So just before we went to the break, I was talking about basically the idea of breaking things down into small chunks. And one of the things I'd like to recommend for you that's been really helpful for me is those really cool apps that you can get on your phone, okay? I started out with just four goals per day, all right? And one of them was as simple as floss my teeth. That's because my sisters have had a lot of dental work done lately, and so I'm feeling like, oh, man, I don't want to be going down that road. And, of course, the dentist is always preaching about how important it is to floss, much the way that I preach about how important it is to breastfeed. Okay, and so I just put this on one of those apps, and honestly, I truly don't remember which one I got. I got like about four of them, and there was one that I liked a little bit better than others. But it gives you the ability to... Like, hit this checkbox that says that you did something that day. And at least with the one that I was working on with, it showed you the amount of goals that you had achieved over the week, over the day, over the week, over the month, 
and it showed you month to month, etc. And so sometimes, even with four goals, I would say to myself, okay, well, I only got one of those goals done today, but guess what? Yesterday, I got zero of them done, so I'm just going to I'm just going to keep trying for the four. And then sooner or later, I knew how good it felt to push that button of ding, I did it. And so then before I knew it, I was doing two goals a day. Trying not to beat myself up that I wasn't doing all four, okay? But two, okay, well, that's two more than I was doing last week. Okay, and you just keep moving forward, and I can't tell you how really good it feels to be able to check that little box, and you feel like you've got another day that you've done what you said you wanted to do, and now you've done it, and now you've shown yourself that you can do this consistently. You know, somebody told me one time, I don't know if this is true or not, but somebody told me that if just as easily as you can form bad habits, you can form good habits. And trust me, nursing your baby can be very habit-forming, very habit-forming. So then, I'm going to try to wrap up what I think I've tried to get across to you in this segment, or maybe just three main strategies for achieving your goal. I am going to presume here that nursing your baby for X amount of time is your goal. I'm going to tell you that, first of all, articulate your goals to yourself, Articulate yourself to your goals, your goals to yourself, not only verbally, but write them down. There is a wonderful YouTube by Brian Tracy. Now, Brian Tracy is a business type guy, all right? But here's what he says. He says, the likelihood of reaching a goal is 10 times greater if you write it down than if you do not write it down. I don't know where Brian Tracy got his information from, but trust me, I've been doing this for years. I have taught in colleges. I have had goals for myself. I said I was going to write a book before I was 50. Well, shoot, I'd written a book by the time I was, yikes, I don't remember, but I think maybe, you know, like early 40s or something. So here's the thing. It really helps you to get that written goal. I'm telling you, it works. You have been, up until now, thinking you were going to do it, but now you've got to get action-oriented. Brian Tracy says that we are either success-oriented or we are failure-oriented. So make sure that in your actions, you are success-oriented, that you believe you can do this, because you can. Women have rested for thousands of years, and you can too. Intentions don't work. You can't just intend to do something. You can't just say you're just going to try, and oh, well, it might work out, it might not, but you really intend to. No. As the old saying goes, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. It's actions that count. So why don't we get those actions done? Well, again, I have to go back to Brian Tracy. The, the man is amazing. He calls it excusitis. He says that excusitis is an inflammation of the excuse gland. 
I have a huge excuse, excuse gland. Oh, I can't get to the Y today because I got to do the show tonight. And oh, I can't get to the Y yesterday because I had to be on the road. And oh, I can't get to the blah, 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 blah. All of those are just excuses. No, you got to buck up and say, I'm going to do this, whether it's go to the Y or nurse your baby. Importantly, ditch your inferiority complex. Ditch your inferiority complex. If you thought that you didn't get good grades in school or you didn't go to college or you didn't whatever, whatever, uh, ditch that right now because Brian Tracy also says the number number one reason for lack of success in meeting our goal is that we have this inferiority complex. He says, we don't see the world the way it is. We say, see the world the way we are. And by the way, he was quoting somebody else, but I could not understand what he said. So that's actually, that quote is not attributable to him, but I just couldn't understand who he was quoting. So once you get those goals and once you write them down, share them with others. Now, I'm talking about supporters here. I'm talking about friends and supporters who have done it and who support you, not the folks that are there to undercut you. And then finally, that number three thing, break your big goals into smaller goals. They seem less daunting. They seem more achievable. So, so important to get those big goals broken down into little goals. And speaking of goals, I am assuming that at least some of you are people who have come to my course in the past, and maybe you are now ready to recertify. If you are recertifying by exam, I have a lactation exam review course that I will be giving in several different cities this spring. If you can't join me live, see, I'd really like you to join me live because I really love to teach people live. But I also have an online course called Tough Topics, and that also will prepare you for your recertification. Maybe, on the other hand, you're not doing the test. Maybe you're recertifying by SERPs. If you're recertifying by SERPs, I got you covered there, too. Okay? We've got SERPs bundles. We've got them in bundles of 15, 30, 45, and even 75. So if you need all of your 75 SERPs, we can give all of those to you in one bundle pack and you will be good to go. I would suggest that you get started sooner rather than later. Do not put it off because, of course, you know that part of your goal is that you want to get this done. So I would strongly encourage you get going. As usual, this hour always goes way, 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 way too fast for me, probably too fast for you. That's all the time that we have today. I'd like to thank you for being here. I'd like to invite you to make sure that you send me questions. It's radio at borntobebreastfed.com. And if you're interested in professional continuing education about breastfeeding and lactation, I'm your source for evidence-based practice. You can find me at www.breastfeedingoutlook.com or call my office at 703-787-9894. I promise that I will help you to cut through the myths, clarify the facts about breastfeeding next Monday, same time, same channel. In the meanwhile, remember, your baby was born to be breastfed. Have a great week. Thank you. 
Thank you for tuning in this week to Born to be Breastfed. Please join Marie Biancuso next Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. This week, do its best for you and your baby. We'll be right back. 